Are you an entrepreneur, industry expert, or influencer? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Welcome to the Perfect Public Speaking Podcast, where you'll learn how to master your public speaking, how to become a paid speaker, and how to boost your business using public relations with your host, Jamie Abbott. Well, my guest today is Lorraine Murphy, and Lorraine is an award-winning entrepreneur, best-selling author, and speaker. She started her business, The Remarkables Group, in her spare bedroom in 2012, and that business went on to secure multi-million dollars in turnover. During her time in business, Lorraine and the company received several plaudits, including being named one of BRW's Fast Starters, Entrepreneur of the Year, Emerging Agency of the Year, Content Marketer of the Year, and Australian Startup of the Year. Wow. As well as being a finalist for the Telstra Business Awards. Lorraine has featured frequently in media, including The Project, Sunrise, The Today Show, Sydney Morning Herald, Collective Hub, Marie Claire, Sky News, ABC News, and The Australian. In December 2017, Lorraine sold The Remarkables Group in order to focus on her soul on fire work, writing, speaking, and mentoring. She is the founder of Bold Darling, a platform for female entrepreneurs who wish to grow their businesses without sacrificing themselves in the process. Lorraine now lives in Spain and it has been married to a fellow entrepreneur, Wade, for 10 years and is also a ridiculously proud mother of their daughter, Lexi, and son, Wilder. Lorraine Murphy, welcome to Perfect Public Speaking. Thank you. I feel like I'm blushing after that intro. Thank you. <laughs> but it's funny because you said There's it nothing to more uncomfortable than sitting through your own bio. <laughs> Well, I can tell you obviously haven't uh, heard it for a while because it still says you live in Sydney because you have recently moved to Spain. Tell me about how you got to be in Spain. We did the move. Yeah, well, we, I'm obviously probably already guessed from my accent. I'm, I'm originally from Ireland and moved to Australia 14 years ago and met my boyfriend, which then became my husband, uh, over there. And then as soon as I met him, it felt like, you know, Australia was really my home. And then with COVID, I didn't get to see my family back in Ireland for three years and just missed out on, I felt so much. I went back to Ireland in July last year with a one-year-old who my family had never met. And I had a two-year-old nephew that I had never met. And my sister was, God, what was she? Five months pregnant with, with my third niece or nephew who turned out to be a nephew. So it just it just felt like it was time to to spend a little bit of time on on this side of the world. Thankfully, the business that I've built enables me to work from anywhere. Uh, there was a few tweaks that I made to it over the last once the decision was made to move to Spain. There was a few tweaks I made to the business just to make sure it was a very seamless transition to to the other side of the world. Which thankfully it has been. So yeah, it's our it's our chance to do a bit of a, a Euro adventure. So we're using Spain as a base to get back and visit my family more frequently and do some travel around Europe as well. And it's just been a really, really good test to see. I think many people can say, oh, I can do my business from anywhere. So it's just been very interesting to test that theory <laughs> myself over the last few months and just see what what needed to be tweaked in the business in order for this to, to, to be a, the transition that it's been. Oh. So yeah, hence the Spain move. Oh, you are living proof that it can work. I'm very, very jealous. And I'm sure you just hot-footed all over Europe whenever you feel like it. <laughs> Everywhere's two hours away, Jamie. Everywhere. It's yeah. crazy. Unlike here in I can't Australia. I can't get my head around it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've been Australianized in that sense. Like you're just so used to everything being so far away. Or and this is something that I couldn't get my head around when I moved to Australia. You get on a flight for what is it, five, six hours, and you're still in the same country. Like I just couldn't. I don't think I can still get my head around that. So yes, it's been really, really great to be here. Yeah, I'm sure. So I've been in your world for a little bit. I've on your mailing list and I listen to your Thank podcast. You. And so I'm a little Thank bit starstruck to have you on my oh. show. <laughs> But there's so thank many you for things. having me. Oh, yeah. thank you. So there's so many things I could have asked you about today. I could talk probably all day, do a mini workshop with you. Um, and, you know, you talk about personal, you can just go to Lorraine's website, which I'll link in the show notes, and you can just see all the different things that Lorraine specializes in, everything from personal branding to entrepreneurship and mindset. And I love talking about mindset. But the, probably my main overarching question and, and interest, and for a lot of our listeners, is what makes someone a successful entrepreneur compared to someone who's not? Is that an easy answer? <laughs> uh, it is and it isn't. I think so. As you as you shared, a lot of my work is 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 mentoring mostly female entrepreneurs. So whether that's within my membership group, which is Bold Darling, or it's more my high level one on one mentoring. So I've got mentees that I've worked with for four four plus years. So I, I I think there's definitely hallmarks to what makes the, I guess what separates the people who really make it in terms of, and I do believe that making it is, it's it's very individualist of what that looks like for each of us. So if we're to think about the traditional kind of trappings of, of making it, it's the revenue, it's the team size, it's the not feeling like you're on the tools yourself constantly in your business that you've got to, you, you get to work in your zone of genius as, as much as you possibly can. So I think the, the the key differences between those who are running businesses and feel like they're really thriving in their businesses versus those who are on struggle street and feel like they're on that hamster wheel of not not making progress. One is planning, like actually consistently planning their businesses. So whether that's annual planning, I'm a big advocate for a quarterly plan. So a 90 day plan, which is what I work with my mentees. And it's actually built into my Bold Darling group that every 90 days we have a full day together, which is devoted to quarterly planning. So I think that's a huge difference because I think if we're not taking that time to step out of our business, review where we have been, plan where we're going, you know, where, where we're going forward, then the problem is that we never get off that hamster wheel. We're constantly in the, you know, the doing of the do in the business rather than being on the business. So I think that's one huge, uh, I guess, distinguisher of of those businesses that that do really go go that extra mile versus those that don't. I think a second one as well is is resilience. I think we under under bake how important resilience is in business. I was just mentoring one of my mentees this morning and she had a really tough time during COVID. Her and her husband put in quite a quite a bit of their own personal money into the business. It was a a mindset marathon with her. I was thankfully I was her mentor for for all that time and she really had to dig deep in terms of her own personal resilience. And she had one experience last year that really nearly broke her um, mindset wise. And, and she has constantly had to come back and, and pick herself up and, 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 and commit to keeping going. I know all entrepreneurs that I've had the pleasure of spending time with, whether it's my friends, <laughs> my mentors, my mentees have a, at least one time they've considered just giving it all up because surely something is easier than, than walking this business path. And I think the ones that that succeed are the ones that have built that almost like that, that well of resilience that they can keep showing up and, and doing it. And I know, Jamie, from our past conversation, it's something you've had to do, you know, having those experiences of really intensely challenging professional experience that you experiences that you've had to navigate. And 
what got you through those is your resilience. And it's a testament to you that you're now growing the brilliant business that you're growing because you, it's that thing of you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting and I wouldn't be where sitting where I'm sitting if I didn't find the resilience to get through those challenges. So I think that's a huge one. And I think it's something that's not talked about enough in, in entrepreneurship circles. It's almost that entrepreneurship has come, become this trendy, cool, exciting thing where we, it's like that famous picture of Richard Branson and he's sitting on his hammock with his laptop, you know, it's, and that's not the reality of life 99% of the time <laughs> running a business as, as you will, I'm sure, te- be, be, be testament to as well. So I think that piece about resilience is huge. And I think the third piece as well is it's nurturing that growth mindset. The, the entrepreneurs that I really see succeeding are the ones who are curious, they're ambitious, they're open to new ideas. I'm sure you've had people in your world as well who you're coaching them on on speaking and they just don't, they know better, they don't want to hear it or they just want to do it like they've always done it because whether that's safe or uh, yeah, all, all the different reasons. So if, if someone isn't nurturing that growth mindset and aren't open to growing, then they don't grow and therefore their businesses don't grow. I really love one of my very first mentors and then one of my dear friends is Jack DeLosa, who's the founder of The Entourage. And I remember him saying many, many, many years ago that a business will never outgrow its founder. So if we're not growing as founders and and business owners, then the business is never going to grow. We will always keep the business playing small because we're playing small ourselves. And I think it's so incredibly powerful, the work that you do in terms of helping people step into their potential as speakers and as thought leaders, because you are you're 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 helping them step up and and really move forward in an area that they probably wouldn't if they were left to their own devices. So yeah, I could probably do a whole day workshop on that. <laughs> yes. They're my I, headlines. Oh, that was great. So I just want to take you back to the first thing you talked about. Because I, I I'm probably in that um sort of area where you explained oh, I'm doing a lot that I should be outsourcing and outsourcing is probably just one part of letting go and being able to scale. Mm. Um, And it's funny, I've been doing a bit of mindset stuff lately. I read Denise Duffield Thomas's um, book, Chill and Prosper. Chill and Prosper, she changed the name. It's so good. Yeah. And it's all about the golden goose and protecting that. And I did some some mindset training recently. And one of the things they said to me was, if you knew your success was inevitable, so you thought, I want to be earning a million a year. No matter what you do, you're going to get there. Yeah, yeah, so if you knew, like you just someone said to you, I can tell you now in two years you're gonna be earning a million, what would you do today knowing that you're going? And for me, I'd be like, well, I'd get a nanny. I've got two little kids. Um, but how do you know? Because obviously financial decisions come into play here. You think, well, I'm not earning enough yet to be able to put um, a full-time marketing manager on. I'm not earning enough yet mm. to get an old pair or a nanny or something like that. Is it a matter of just assuming you're going to be successful and taking that risk and saying, well, I'm going to invest in this because the only way I can piggyback off that and grow? Mm. How do you, what's your advice around that? I mean, I think on a on a very granular level, I come back to the early rate, you know, of, of my time versus time with in, in the business or with family or whatever it might be. And I think there's some really obvious low-hanging fruit that I see a lot of entrepreneurs still holding on to. So one is doing their own bookkeeping, which just to me, it's just, I, I did it. And the reason I, I kind of can roll my eyes is because I did this for the first six months of my first business 11 years ago. And I said, I'm just going to do my own bookkeeping. I kind of enjoyed tinkering around with zero. But the thing is, I wasn't doing it properly. It was the task that I procrastinated most on because I didn't know how to do it. And it wasn't a priority. It wasn't revenue generating, obviously. And and I fucked it up so bad. <laughs> I made so many mistakes with zero. And then I had to pay an accountant even more to come and actually unpick the mess that I had made. So 
I think just the the low hanging fruit is the the bookkeeping, uh, the tech support, a calendar, like just diary coordination. I've outsourced my diary management for, I would say eight years now. Just I've had someone for the last eight years where I can see, see someone else in. So for example, Jamie, you reach out about a podcast interview and then I say, I would love to Jamie. That sounds wonderful. For eight years, I have had someone that I can CC in and say, blah, well, look, I said Sam is my brilliant operations manager now. So I've CC'd Sam and she'll she'll coordinate dates with you. So just those things that aren't you and your most potent. I think a lot of entrepreneurs really do hold on to that. And it's taking time away from the real earth shattering stuff that they could be doing in their business. So if I'm sitting there. doing my own bookkeeping, that's four hours that I could be, as you've correctly identified, updating my speaker's bio, for example. You know, getting out there and thinking about what's that next program that I want to create or reaching out and doing some kind of extra handholding with some of my mentees. There's, there's so much more potent things that I can be doing. Yeah, it's not just, um, it's it's the brain space, the brain and energy. The bandwidth, too. yes. Yeah. One of yeah. my friends, Tracy Harris, you may know her, she is a brilliant business called yeah, Monster's Hustle. she's her mastermind. That's who I was Oh, no before. way. Oh, I love Tracy. I got to have breakfast with her just before we left Sydney. I was like, I'm so glad we like got to hang out before I left again. You were key. So I'm in her inner circle mastermind with Carl and her. Oh, brilliant. I've just joined it this year. And um, I I love her. I love Carl. I just love their brains. And that was things they said. If you know in two years' time your success is inevitable, what would you do today? And so um, it really stood out to me. That. I can't believe it's such a small world. Yeah. Of course you know her. But anyway, sorry, why is it telling you? Oh, yeah, I was saying Tracy has a term called mental calories. I don't know if like brain calories. So it's a matter of thinking, okay, well, if you've got X amount of calories that you want to spend over a day, how, how do you want to spend them? Mm. And mine is not bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> but you learned that the hard way. It's that's yeah. funny. I've recently just outsourced my bookkeeping for the very first time. Shout out to Sophie. Great. And it's great. I don't have to think about yeah. anything, anything. Yeah. Because she has taken on the mental load of that. It's not on you anymore. Yeah, so worth it. So worth mm. it. Um, So on the issue of resilience, and I guess a big part of resilience is mindset. And I, this time last year, I would never, I probably wouldn't even have had you on my podcast because mindset is a big part of what you do. And I didn't buy into it. I thought, oh, yeah, mm. whatever. Just give me the systems. Give me the procedures. Tell me what I need to do for a launch. And I now know, and that's why I'm in our mastermind like, Tra- um, like Tracy and Carl's mastermind. I mean, Tina Towers, her empire builder as well, um, because mindset is really important. And I see those around me who are succeeding and it is the mindset that really sets them apart. So for someone who doesn't know that or doesn't know what they need to do to get into that successful entrepreneur's mindset, what's your advice there? Such a good question. And, and I, I was just reminded as you were talking there about something, Emma Isaacs, I feel like I'm name dropping like a, a mofo in this episode. Name. Emma Isaacs, who's the um, CEO of Business Chicks, said to me years ago, I was hesitating on making an investment in my business. And she said, Lorraine, you know what? I've realized that 90% of business is mindset. So I think that's kind of the light that you have seen as well, because I, I realized it back then when she said it to me. And I think in terms of kind of really nurturing your mindset, uh, it almost sounds counterintuitive, but it comes back to actually looking after your body. And I, I can speak with full transparency to you today. I have been working kind of, it's almost like shift work, I realize, because I get up quite early in the morning in order to talk to my one-on-one mentees back in Australia. And so I've been doing that. We just went back to Ireland. Uh, so we were kind of doing the kind of late dinners, early mornings. It was just the, the candle at both ends thing. 
and I just wasn't sleeping. I had a shocking, two really, really terrible nights sleep. And yesterday, I honestly feel like the, the world was coming down around me. I felt awful. And last night had a brilliant sleep and it's like my whole day has changed. So I think we can often underestimate the power of just the basics, like the sleep, the eating well, the hydration, the not over-caffeinating or over-alcoholing ourselves if that doesn't, it, it doesn't work for our bodies. Um, because I think it can get quite competitive. I know Ariana Huffington talked about this a lot in her book, Thrive, the whole almost like the sleep competition, like who got less sleep. And I do think that conversation is changing now in, in, in business circles. Thankfully, people are, are waking up to that. But it's a very kind of macho, push yourself really hard, override, you know, what your body's telling you. So I think just first of all, in terms of that resilience, I do think it comes from because I had zero resilience yesterday. <laughs> one one cranky text message from my mom would have sent me over the edge yesterday. So I think it's just about looking after those basics and making sure that almost like we're parenting ourselves, just like if we're, if we're parents, we would parent our children. And um, so I think that's number one. I think the second is having people who get it around you. I can be having a shocking day in business, like a launch isn't going well, or I'm really panicked about cash flow or revenue or whatever it might be. And a 10 minute conversation with some of my business besties. So I've got three best friends, four actually, who are in business and who just get it. They're the people that I can just call and go, this is fucked. And they get it. And it's not like they can fix it for me, or it's not like I need them to fix it or give me some pearl of wisdom that's going to change my whole perspective, even though they often do that, which is amazing. It's more just that it's 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 seen and that space is being held for me as, as a business owner and the challenge that I'm having. So I think having those people around you who get it and you don't need 70 people, like even just one person, a business bestie who you can go have a coffee with and he just gets it. I honestly feel having an hour with one of my business besties, it like keeps me going for weeks, weeks to come. So I think that's really, really important. And I think the third thing is investing in the experts. So having the coaches, I see my kinesiologist re religiously. If I'm in launch period and a really full on period of my business, I see her twice a week. So just clearing before they kind of, before I manifest all the self-sabotage behaviors, it's just clearing it all before it even gets into reality. Having the brilliant people like you have, like Tina, Tracy, like exceptional women in this online space, you know, having those people who you can tap and who've been there before and who can, uh, I like to see mentoring and coaching is almost like more, more so mentoring because I kind of see mentoring as you've been there before you've walked the path and you're helping someone else walk it after you. It's like you're walking down a path and, and there's someone else who's spotting, spotting the potholes because they've already fallen into those potholes. And they're saying, they're just watch. I, I did that. You probably don't want to think about that. Do that. It's just that person who has your back, I think, is is really, really important. I love that. I love that analogy with the potholes. It's funny, you know, I've yeah. got a business buddy. He's a physio and we've just met through a local networking group. We have nothing in common. He has he hates um, 80s music like Delta Goodrum. He hates Delta Goodrum and loves all, you know, um, bad religion and <laughs> those people. We've got nothing in common. We have not in the same world, but we are connecting as far as our goals go and it's been really mm -hmm. motivating for me and for him to have someone to be able to do quarterly business planning sessions with and accountability buddies with and I love how you use that analogy you check in with your business besties do you think because this is really oh god I didn't have any questions prepared today because I knew you would just and now we've got loads I love it <laughs> um so you know I I have a lot of friends my mum's group friends for example my political friends and they don't get the online world um and so do you think it's really important that I seek out those fellow like-minded entrepreneurs who do get it because it is a lonely mm -hmm. world being an entrepreneur let alone really an online is. digital entrepreneur yeah. 
do you think it's really important that we build our tribe of like-minded go-getting entrepreneurs if you are that way inclined mm. um, is that really a key to your success yeah I think so and I, and I think for me this is this Lorraine Murphy business is my second business my first was a, a social media agency and even back then I had friends who were running and creating similar businesses and and those friends are still doing those. They haven't transitioned into the personal brand business as, as of yet, and they may not. So I think, yeah, even just having one person who gets it. But I feel, I mean, for your situation, Jamie, and where you're in, I feel, I mean, you're at, you're you've got your ass covered completely in that sense because you've got her empire builder and you've got Tracy's mastermind. You're you're actively seeking out those connections. So as I said, it can just be one person, and that one person can change your whole world. If I'm mentoring someone and it's just getting, it's, it's, it's a new mentee and we're just getting to know each other. It's a real red flag for me when they don't have anyone else who's, who's walking the business path, whether it's a similar business model to theirs or not, because as you said, it's so lonely. It mm. really, really is incredibly lonely. And the, the online element just adds to that. You know, I'm, it's, it's, I'm planning two international retreats next year because I'm already kind of future proofing myself. Like I need the people, I need real life people. <laughs> <laughs> with me and um, before I left Sydney I've got annual mentees and I spent a full day I had a VIP day with each of them in, in January because I was almost seeing that like filling filling our tanks up together and filling my in-person tank up as well so so yeah I think even if it's just one person it's it's really key is it a matter of dropping those people that used to be in our lives because I mean sometimes I get a bit of criticism from my friends they'll say mm. why are you doing reels why are you I've got yeah. My accountant, who is not one of these people, but he'll always give me um, give me shit and say, every time I turn yeah. Facebook on, there's a reel from you dancing. Um, I mean, he's just joined my PR club, so he's probably not the best example. But it's, it's, it's an example of, you know, you get this negative or, you know, kind of, you know, ingest criticism from those who don't mm. get it, especially they the online world. They're not doing yeah. reels. <laughs> my accountant's not doing yeah. reels. Um, and do you need it's to just- an interesting thing you've asked I don't think it's about getting rid of those people because the thing is your mom's group friends and you know my mom friends they really speak to the the mom hat that I have you know Lorraine yeah. Lorraine is a mom so yeah. I think it's almost thinking about I love uh, Taylor Swift's song Mirrorball you know the fact that we've all got like different facets of ourselves and we reflect different parts of ourselves to, to, to different people in our worlds but what I have found is that, and it's, it's a weird one, right? I don't feel like I've ever gotten the kind of the judgment from other women about my life choices. and But I think it's because I'm so, it's almost like, te- not Teflon, what am I talking about? Yeah, Teflon, it's Teflon. It doesn't stick. Bounces off. Because yeah. I know that I've got those other women who do get it. And it's almost like I value their opinion so much more than I do, than those who might be commenting on on my business, but they're they're not in that space. So I think there's something around, there's an insurance policy around having the people around you who do get it and who are making similar life choices, that if we do get some criticism from people who don't get it, that it's not the end of the world, because we know that there's a validation in it and a sense of, if you think about it as humans, one of our core needs is is, is belonging. And and we have that sense of belonging, even if it's just that one person who does get it. Yeah. So you almost need to have like your own personal board of directors. So you've got your people yeah. <laughs> you need to talk to about breastfeeding challenges, you know, when you're yes, in, um, I love you that idea. People, you need your cheer squad, you need your advice yeah. person who's gonna give you that hard advice. It's not gonna sugarcoat things. You need to have that whole different board yes. around you. Yeah, and think about it, they're just mirroring all the different parts of you, like the 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 kind of 
the tough love side, but also the, the, the side that actually just needs a hug and a warm cup of cocoa. Like this, all those different facets of you. And we just seek those different people out to, to reflect those back to us. Yeah, it's funny because um, Tracy Harris, who you mentioned, she's very direct with the feedback she gives me. Yeah, I can and imagine. At first, I didn't like it. So I had my PR club and I put a, I hope she won't mind me sharing this because uh, she might be listening. So I, I put it out. I've got, I had, I think I had 33 founding members by the time the first masterclass came off. And I put a celebration post in our little Facebook group for the mastermind. And she basically said, that's great. But have you done your debrief, launched the figures? How many people have gone to annual? Where they come from? Where they I'm like, hold on a minute, I just want to celebrate. And she's like, yeah, yeah. sure, celebrate, however. And it, I kind of like got a bit defensive at first, but then I realised, well, hold on, no, she's on my board of directors but not there to make me feel good. She's there to keep making me perform and strive to do better. That's yes. her purpose. I don't need her to blow my trumpet that's if that's the right thing. Yes. Um, so yes. I think it's a matter of recognising all the different things you need and, and putting people in those roles to pump up your tires and to make you keep doing better. So yeah, really great advice there. Love. Yeah. Anything else further you should add before um, we let you go? I know that you've got so much knowledge about, you know, helping entrepreneurs and helping people scale and helping people become the best business owner they can be. Anything else further you'd like to add? I think I'd probably just underline what we've talked about because I think, yeah, if we open up another conversation, we'll be going for another two hours. (laughs) Um, But I think it's more just about acknowledging that I do think we get sold the, the bright, shiny version of what business can be, particularly online business. You know, the whole idea if you do a launch and you make 75K and then, you know, you're sweet, but no one sees the amount of work that goes into that launch and the work that then you obviously you do to deliver a great product to to your your clients and, and whoever has, you know, invested their heart and money and time in you. So I think it's just about acknowledging that it, it, it's not the, it's tricky, right? You can kind of say it's easier to to work for someone else and, and go down that path. But I, I like to be the captain of my own ship and I much rather put my fate in my own hands than in some kind of middle manager's hands. That was a decision that I made you know, 12 years ago to do that. So I think it's just acknowledging that it is a tough road, but I think having the right support around you, looking after yourself and, and almost seeing... The looking after yourself, whether it's exercise or it's meditation or having the friends around you or having a really beautiful bottle of wine at the weekend, whatever it is that really fills you up, seeing that as a essentially an insurance policy against future challenges. So when those curveballs do happen, because it's not an if, it's a when in business, when they do happen, that you are the most resilient, the strongest version of you that you can be in order to navigate the, the, the those curveballs. Oh, absolutely. Lorraine, thank you so much for coming on thank you. the podcast today. I know you're all over in Spain and you were so busy. I um, It was great liaising with um, your operations manager to lock you in. I was stoked when you said yes. So if you'd like to know more, we'll put um, if you're listening to this now, like to know more about how you can work with Lorraine, you can look at the information in the show notes. But for now, thank you so much, Lorraine Murphy, for coming on thank today. Thank you. It was a delight. Bye. Thanks for listening. You're on the way to perfect public speaking with Jamie Abbott. If you loved this episode, please share it on social media with your friends and tag us at Jamie Abbott. You can check out Jamie's free resources and courses at jamieabbott.com.